Jacob and Michael. to What the Fuck Tunes! Uh, this episode we'll be discussing Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, which my co-host, Tony, suggested. How's it going, Tony? Going alright. How you doing today? Alright. Um, but I'm confused as to why you chose this as a What the Fuck cartoon. Um, primarily on the story premise. I mean, the art and the direction of the story wasn't that terrible, honestly. I actually liked this cartoon. But, as a What the Fuck, it's... Basically, a bunch of monkeys in space kind of just thrown out there for no particular reason other than the fact that there's monkeys in space. You know, usually it's like, uh, it's complete madness what we're watching. And we just kind of like communicate back and forth to each other like, what am I watching? This is insane. Or it's so terrible. This one is actually really well designed. But you're right, the plot is really wacky. It's it's one of those things where you have to sit back and go, oh, wait, no, that didn't, wait, why? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you, you, you're willing to give a lot in a lot of these cartoons. I mean, you know, it's it's no different than Darkwing Duck, which is just a vigilante type of storyline. But uh, what I really put the vote on for this one is the fact that it's, it, it's nonsensical story-wise because it's a bunch of advanced beings pulling a monkey out of a rocket and then that monkey putting a team together to go on crazy space adventures. You know, it's 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 Star Trek on monkey crack. Kind of. It's uh, Well, I was thinking more Buck Rogers, how he floats through space for... A long period of time, he's discovered by a different... Uh, well, I guess in Buck Rogers, they were humans just in the future. This was an alien race of, like, these super intelligent beings. Kind of like if you combine the Watcher with the... Um, <laughs> shit, I had it in my head. Uh, you know, the, the Celestials, I guess, in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, if you had taken those, and they find this ape and decide that he must be the king of whatever world he came from. And they imbue him with just this massive amount of intelligence and realize, oh, wait, we didn't do enough, so we had to do it again. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, what really got me to bring this up for our What the Fuck cartoons is, like, it's it's the fact that it's so grounded in seriousness because, like, this isn't like Captain Bucky O'Hare. It's a space where I've been from a closet that some kid happens to meet and goes on adventures with. Like, it tries to be pseudo- like serious yeah it, it feels like but, hard sci-fi yeah yeah like, like you know like you're supposed to like go into this going like oh man this is gonna be some really interesting like no it's it's a bunch of whacked out monkeys i mean there's even like a schizophrenic monkey you know who's <laughs> yeah. the equivalent of scotty the engineer you know and he's just a whacked out monkey oh and by the way their spaceship pulls apart like the fantastic you know car mobile which has really no 
strategic advantage at all other than the fact that it just comes apart and comes right together again. It's probably cool for selling toys. In fact, I, was this a toy line? Do you remember this at all? I, I don't have any memories of this cartoon whatsoever. I, I would bank that it's a toy line, um, especially because uh, I think like two or three episodes later, they're bringing yet another monkey. Uh, they brought in they brought in a female martial artist monkey, basically a goddess type character. I don't know if she was in the first episode or not, but I don't recall off the top of my head. It's weird. I'm looking this up. This is the reason why I never heard of this. Um, it was only syndicated on like 15 stations. It never went national, and I don't know how you saw it. It, it aired out of Seattle. Um, like mostly of these, like Florida, Seattle, Pennsylvania, a couple of Indiana places. Oddly, that's where I'm from, but it, I never saw it. This it looked like an expensive cartoon, and yet they only sold it to like a couple dozen stations. This had to have been like kind of a financial, like, oh shit, no one wants this. Well, in that case, this is going to be a very fun treat to a lot of our listeners because they're going to be seeing a cartoon that not a lot of people got to see in the first place. Yeah, no real big names when it comes to behind the scenes, but when it came to the cast, you got a lot of sci-fi guys mixed. I'm not surprised. I mean, the storyline as a whole, it's solid story. I mean, uh, if I were to equate this to a TV series, I mean, it's it's basically Farscape, you know? It's, it's you know, Jim Henson-level high production. I mean, like, they're putting together a good storyline other than the fact that they're just a bunch of crazy monkeys. You know, once again, like, I keep getting into that, and I should really get off of that whole aspect. <laughs> but I can't get past the, the point that his communicator's in his armpit, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it that they even chose more monkeys? Like, I see how they chose the first one because it was the only option they had. And, and, and people haven't seen this. They're basically trying to build uh, an international force, or, sorry, intergalactic force, to fight off this evil character played by Malcolm McDowell. And they just use other monkeys afterwards. Okay, hold on. Monkeys and apes. I shouldn't say uh, all monkeys. That might be a little... <laughs> is that racist? Is that... Beastest. I don't know. Is is one of them like a orangutan? I don't know if that's like a monkey or an ape or what does that fall on? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, a gorilla maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're simians. Let's just go with simians. Yeah, there is a zoologist right now losing his shit over this. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> they are not the same thing! <laughs> I'm falling on a complaint, I mean, you dicks! Uh, also, you know, we it's, have, it's a... yeah, we have, I just real quick, I want to throw in, Michael Dorn uh, does some voice work, Jerry Doyle from uh, Babylon 5, and uh, James Avery, who wasn't a big sci-fi guy, but he did a ton of animation, but most of us know him as Uncle Carl on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think at that time, though, Dorn and pretty much half the, you know, cast of Star Trek were all doing cartoon voiceovers. I mean, hell, look at Gargoyles, where it was literally the entire cast of Next Generation. <laughs> yeah, except for, like, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, right? It's It seems like an easy job to do when you're trying to fill between seasons. Like, if you don't have a movie project lined up, what can you do during, uh, between, like, you know, your, uh, oh, season finale and season premiere? Well, I got three months to relax and just go in for a week or two here and there and do some voice work. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it before, and this is one of those things that really irks me as a person, is the fact that, you know, we have such a huge animation following here in America, and yet we don't have any solid voice act work. I mean, all of our voice actors are just actors. Yeah, what, the, you know, you half the times, you know, they're not trained in... Yeah, when yeah. We, when yeah. we were kids, we had like five people who worked on everything. Right. I mean, you would you would listen to like Scooby Doo and go, "Oh, I just heard that guy in the cartoon that aired before this, and the one before this, and probably one that's going to air after this." Something going on here. I don't know if you're still recording. No, I'm recording right now. I paused it. The nice part about uh, editing is uh, you can take out big chunks like that. Oh. All right, everybody. So we're back. Yep. Yep. Sorry about that. So yeah, I mean. It's just, it's 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 weird, but it is what we got, and it's not always that bad, so I'm happy with it. 
the uh, the company that produces this is Hallmark, which I don't think they did any animation outside of this. That's a very strange thing for them to choose to jump into that foray. But seeing how unsuccessful it was, uh, I can see why they backed out immediately. <laughs> which is a shame. I mean, it was a pretty good cartoon, and it was a good way for kids. You know, I was kid when I watched this to really come to learn about all the different types of monkeys out there. I mean, you know, you got to see a whole bunch of them work and deal differently, and that was kind of interesting for me. Yeah, I'm looking at the cartoons that were produced. Uh, Hallmark is the only one that really financed... They, sorry, I, let me correct myself. They only stepped into animation once, but they did it for this company called BKN. Not does not stand for Bacon, which would be amazing if it... it oh, Bacon Block! Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was an animation block that was syndicated out um, by Bobot Syndication, which I've never heard of, but these are the cartoons that they did, which I actually kind of know. Street Sharks... Uh, Sky Yo, Super yeah. Strike Force, Mummies Alive, oh, yeah. Pocket Dragon <laughs> Adventures. Now, I remember Pocket Dragon more than I do this, which is weird. <laughs> I shouldn't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, Sonic Underground, and then the Jumanji cartoon. Oh, jeez. Somehow Captain Simeon just fell through. Uh, didn't get noticed, at least by my my generation. Which is, again, you know, a shame, because it wasn't a bad cartoon, but it was kind of a bonkers cartoon. Yeah. It was just um, hard to really... Uh, associate with the characters because if you're a kid watching this you usually associate with the characters because like you want to be a hero or you want to be something like this is a bunch of guys out in space using a bunch of electronics you know like no kid was like I want to be a astronaut lost in space with the crew of random people that have no idea what they're doing yeah it's it's a love letter to old sci-fi shows that we grew up on or the generation before us where you know Star Trek lost in space Planet of the Apes stuff like that and I think there is even an episode called Planet of the Humans, which is an homage to that movie. And it's it's clearly well done. It's just, for some reason, it just, like, never got enough push. I don't know why didn't the studios or uh, the networks didn't pick it up. Yeah, no, I mean, like, even even the main character, Captain Simeon himself, I mean, he was a very, very much uh, Shatner, Han Solo-esque character, you Captain know? It was just Simeon. like... That's right. Yeah. <laughs> get my crew going. Yeah. <laughs> Got a very manly, strong leader voice. And then you got the other guys doing Vincent Price voice and <laughs> Peter Lorre and stuff like that. One guy, I don't know, what was what was up with the orangutan? He kept jumping around with voices, and he wasn't the schizophrenic one. No, no, I honestly, like, I don't know. It was, uh, I, I, have, I have no clue, honestly. But it's it's fun, because, like, they have, a, they have a good crew of characters. They have the leader type. They have the big, dumb brute who has a heart of gold. The schizophrenic one, they had the spider monkey, I mean, it was just, you know, and then they had the uh, the, the the lady monkey they brought in later on as the quote-unquote love interest, I don't know, monkey love, that's kind of weird for me, but uh, the love, but um, like, it was interesting because like she spent her entire life in the middle of an Amazonian jungle being regarded as a, a goddess, and so she has that aspect of her character in there, and so these characters were really fleshed out and interesting. This is a team that works well together, unlike the last cartoon that we discussed, Defenders of Dinatron City, where apparently they were all completely out of their fucking minds, and there's no reason why any of them should have been anywhere near each other. Uh, the guys who created this actually thought it out first, worked out the characters so that they all kind of line up together. Yeah, yeah, they 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 work together in a way that makes sense, and begrudgingly so. I mean, they're not too happy about pulling out of their natural habitats, but, you know, they're all just trying to get home, where in the pre-city, there's a bunch of slack-jawed yokels, and I mean that by all extents of the terms, because if you watch that cartoon, 
holy crap, those guys are idiots. <laughs> you know, in which case, they're working together, and they don't even know why they're working together. They're just like, we got to be heroes now for no real reason, and we can't even function together as teams. Oh, and Toolbox. I will never let go of oh. Toolbox. I'm sorry. What the hell? Uh, yeah, that is ridiculous. This actually has a legitimate villain, too. Malcolm McDowell plays his character, and he's not even the main, main villain. He's just like... Of that episode, he's the antagonist. And then in part two of that first episode, the main antagonist comes in. It's all really well done, and I enjoyed it. And I want to check out some more episodes. I highly recommend it. I mean, when it was out, I managed to watch the entire series, which is weird because apparently it wasn't released anywhere near me. But, you know, I have my crazy ways, apparently. <laughs> um, well, maybe it's consistent. You were in Portland at the time, guessing? Yes. Well, maybe it was yeah. just sent down by Seattle. Maybe you picked up a Seattle station. That that could have been it. Um, so anyways, let's talk about our next cartoon. you have anything you want to watch? Uh, you know, I've been throwing some ideas out there of what to watch. Uh, I actually kind of like it when you, like, you're curating a list of stuff for me to check out for the first time. But this time, yeah. we're going to discuss something we kind of bounced back uh, before we even started this little spinoff of Back in Tune. Let's discuss... Uh, something crazy that has to do with a celebrity. So it's your choice. We can do like Wish Kid. We can be uh, Mr. E Show, Chuck Norris, something like that. Oh man, celebrity-based cartoon. Oh, um, okay. I'm gonna browse around a couple ideas and see what I can find. Um, I, my web service is kind of sketchy at the moment, so I'm not sure if I have access to some of the other things. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see what we can put together. Uh, hopefully, I'll have something for you soon. Yeah, the funny thing is, I say this, and even if we both had the most perfect internet connection, there's still some cartoons out there that are very hard to find. There's some holy grails out there for me. I want to see again. I haven't seen since I was a child. So if any of the listeners know how to get a handle on, uh, there was a cartoon called Meatballs and Spaghetti, which was a cartoon version of Meatloaf, uh, as if he was married and his dogs played in the band. That is totally a what-the-fuck material right there. I mean, just... That's, that's why. Why would you have two dogs that play guitar and drums and then you and your wife go on the road and ventures and rocking out? That's, that's crazy. Uh, oh, oh, um, how would you feel? Like, it's not really a what the fuck cartoon outside of the fact that it was just kind of creepy to a degree. But um, Camp Candy. Uh, Camp Candy is one I haven't <laughs> there is, uh, there's three of those SCT kind of connected cartoons. There was Ed Grimley, Camp Candy, and, uh, Gravedale High, going with Rick Moranis. All of those are really oh, yeah. worth discussing. Those strange cartoons. Yeah, I, I, I wonder about some of them sometimes, because, I mean, like, you have things like, uh, Howie Mandel's Bobby's World, where, you're, like, you wonder how much of that is, like, actually, like, you know, cartoon, and how much of that is just, you know, him having, like, Really like weird out. As a recording. But yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll toss around a couple ideas and see what I can think of. But uh, yeah, I think I think doing a uh, uh, an actor or famous person turned to cartoon would be a fun one. Oh my god, Hammerman! That's it right there, Hammerman. It's got to be on. Oh, this magic Hammerman! Right What's that? With his magic hammer shoes. Oh, let's see if it's available online. Oh, it totally is. Oh, and it has a live action clips too. Let's see if there's full episodes. Oh, no. There, there has to be. Everybody, if we can't find Hammerman, we'll have something else backed up while we search. We do the ever. The, that'll be a like, lifelong search. Hammerman, I can't find it. All right, but chances are we'll be we'll be pretty good about this and we'll find it. So stay tuned because next time you hop on, it's gonna be hammer time. All right. 
Welcome to What the Fuck Tunes. It's our spinoff of Back, with, back in Tunes. We take cartoons that are kind of head scratchers, kind of stupid, kind of uh, uh, frustrating at times. This week we chose Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos, and by saying we chose, I chose to torture Tony with this one. To be, to be fair, we've brought this up to each other many, many times, so it's not a matter of one of us attacking the other one, it's a matter of both of us hating each other. I have a strange fascination with the celebrity-oriented cartoons of the 80s and, like, I think it kind of died out in the early 90s because like, after, like, you know, Wish Kid and Hammerman, people were like, oh, yeah. let's not do this anymore. But, you know, this one made five episodes, so that's better than the the one episode of the New Kids in the Block cartoon, I'll give it. Wow, I don't, Chuck Norris only lasted, I, I read the comic book of Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos. I think I even had one of the toys, but I never saw the cartoon until right now. Like, I finished it just before <laughs> recording. I, I, I think, uh, what was it, Star Comics was Marvel's spinoff line. They I had a Chuck Norris uh, co- a comic book. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why, but this cartoon was way bigger in my head than it was in reality. I was like, oh, man, I bet you there's like a season or two, like now five episodes. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, man, I mean, even, even Jackie Chan made like 12 seasons. Oh, you know what? No, you're right. That's probably the last of the celebrity cartoons. And that one's actually pretty good. I haven't watched it in a while, but I feel like that's the... Uh, I felt like Jackie Chan watched episodes of this and go, okay, everything that this did, let's do the opposite. Right. <laughs> to be fair, though, Jackie Chan came out in, what, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, so, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they had predecessors to be like, okay, don't do that, don't do that, don't be awkwardly somewhat racist. <laughs> oh, the 80s where you constantly stuck to stereotypes. Hey, the sumo guy is constantly even in the middle of action. That is the dumbest. Right. Like one, oh, now I'm going to throw up. I mean, hurl on the people is his only power. I just I don't I don't understand what qualifies these people to be karate commandos. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, this is right when Chuck Norris is really starting to take off as like I wouldn't say an A-lister because he was always stuck with Canon Pictures and there's nothing A-list about that studio even though they tried <laughs> tried so many times and failed horribly. Um, he was just he was just a known entity if I if I were to give him anything else, you know. Yeah, but not known enough and you know like enough integrity where you would not sign on to a cartoon like not only does he lend his likeness and his name he does the voice work on this and the whole time in animated version he's better than the live action where he just comes up don't give up by the way every time i listen to the theme song this is three times and i've listened boy they sure say chuck norris a lot like we need a reminder yeah we got it chuck norris is we got it Chuck Norris. All right, got it. Stop saying Chuck Norris. <laughs> Assholes. 
they were really, really hoping that that was a bankable name. Really <laughs> I knew that he went to Charles Bronson first. <laughs> the little right. Death Wish kids. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning oh, up the streets man. with a forty-four mag. <laughs> I think the worst part is, is like half the cast in this first episode were all casts from different cartoons. Like there was Claw from Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Uh, there was the, the the female character who was Luca Blight from uh, Captain Planet. I mean, like they're all just like you are clearly other characters. Yeah, well, everything feels yeah like that. Uh, also, hey, oh, let's how the hell does Claw even move that arm? You know that thing had to weigh a ton, and not the whole yeah. thing is cybernetic, just the hand is cybernetic. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like the one threatening move that Claw does is like he kind of like reaches forward and like waves it side to side. I'm like, I don't get it. Like how? That's all he it's can like, do because he's torn his shoulder so many times. <laughs> You don't know what's coming to you. Shake, 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 shake. <laughs> I'll grab you by the balls. That's all I can do is clamp, clamp, clamp. Uh, yeah, and we have like the Baroness kind of character. We have Super Ninja. Now, if anybody has watched the American movies or anything with Show Kusagi, you know that the Super Ninja is like part of their mythos. Like, I don't know if it's like some sort of chemically enhanced, like steroid ninja. I don't know. Um, is there is there a story about too much? I mean, like, he's just a random kid that appears. This is the curse of those cartoons of the cutesy side character. I love He-Man. I hate Orko. I love Thundercats. Yeah. I hate Corin... No, uh, Snarf. Snarf didn't come in until much later, though, and that's because yeah. they were trying to get that cutesy part. But yeah, it was just... But to be fair, you know, they were going for cutesy, and they went overboard. They made the first episode about dolphins yeah well at least with the the super friends they had um uh the wonder twins and they had real powers they were useful even though they were annoying this kid is i i feel like every time they get into any sort of adventure like why the fuck do we bring this kid along he always compromises the mission yeah he's uh, he's no short round no he's not he's no batman and robin either you know robin was at least trained at least short round it was situational it's not like it was uh hey uh are the karate commandos like a government elite team what is this i don't i don't know i mean like it's not like blatantly clear like the centurions where you know clearly someone's paying for their satellite in space it's just like it's just a group of dudes that people are like oh no the world's in danger call up these guys. Chuck Norris had too much of his missing in action. He's like, hey, I gotta spend it on an elite team, you know, just, uh... Alright, we got it, Chuck Norris. Every time he turned around, Chuck Norris. What was up with the costumes that he was wearing, too? I mean, like, like was he wearing, like, a like a technified loincloth or something? Okay, I mean, like, so what? You know, with the that illustrious mustache that he has and that mop of a head, you know that he has a Sasquatch chest. But I guess yeah. that doesn't sell as a toy. So <laughs> it's all a clean shave, and he's wearing that bandolero. <laughs> Just it's so so geared towards action figures. Besides everyone else in the group, which just makes no sense because like, I don't I don't understand his selection process. It's like you. You, you, and you. You're Asian. Come join me now. <laughs> you're Asian. Yeah. You know? it's, it's like back when Justin Timberlake had, like, backup singers that were all black guys to kind of solidify his R&B, you know, yeah. rite of passage. It's like, you're all Asian. Come join me so I don't seem racist with my karate. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but I'm a ninja. I use ninjutsu. I don't care. I'm a sumo. I use, I use sumo. I don't care either. You're all karate commando. Nobody here uses karate but you, Chuck Norris. Yeah, it's a, it's the generic where everything's kung fu. Well, no, that's actually a very specific, you know, in karate, that's yeah. very specific. I'm still pissed about the remake of Karate Kid. The movie itself is fine, but it should have been called yeah. Kung Fu Kid because we it know should have been karate called is, Kung Fu Kid. Yeah, karate's Japanese. <laughs> Jackie yeah. Chan's Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, 
people just don't think, you know, it's like, oh, they're Americans, they don't, they don't get it, it's like, dude, no, we've had like 20, 30 years to figure it out, we understand there are different arts, different techniques, you know, you don't have to dumb things down just because you don't think the people know, but like, this is 1980s with Karate Commando, so yeah. back, back then, yeah. like, people couldn't differentiate, oh, they're all Japanese, like, clearly they all do karate, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say Chuck Norris, even to this day, doesn't seem exactly the most enlightened fellow, uh, he seems more like, uh, all right, Chuck, oh, you, every time I even mention your name, you say that. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's no, he's no Steven Seagal with his Aikido. Oh, I didn't, Steven Seagal isn't even Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal made up his own backstory. The only thing I know about him before he was famous is that he broke Sean Connery's arm in <laughs> training him for a James Bond. How the fuck do you break the star's arm? Like, oh, I'd never get to work in Hollywood again. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's the thing. It's it's the uh, GI Joe rule with the costume. Uh, do you remember Quick Kick? I don't know. He was part of the GI Joe team, and everybody's got like full on. If they don't have battle armor on, at least they have full costume. And here they're going into like snowy areas and, and all sorts of terrain. And there's Quick Kick just in his pants and a bandolero, like Chuck Norris's. No, that is not. No, let's get him a proper jacket at least. Get a, you can put a bandolero over a jacket. Something. Well, you know, when when you're so badass that you don't feel cold or heat. <laughs> oh, it's like when Robin would wear those shorts, and no matter what the weather was, like, oh, it's got to be kind of shivery some days. Like, give me my cape! I'm putting it around my waist! I mean, usually we'll sit here and discuss the plot of the episode, but if you can discover the plot of the episode outside of there's dolphins, there's a sea lab, and there's a bunch of dudes that are fighting, oh, yeah. and somehow the bad guys are going to take over the world using the sea lab I, I don't know the full details i just know that it was just really really bad every single time they say sea lab which they say nine thousand times if they're not saying chuck okay i'm not going to say the whole thing because that music clip's going to play again <laughs> if i say it again um if i say mr uh cn uh cartoon network uh man um if i say his name it's going to play uh it's like that with sea lab every time they played sea lab or said that i expected this music clip to play <laughs> Which, by the way, is a far superior cartoon by a long shot. Not the original. Watch the remake on Adult Swim. It is one of the funniest damn things, and it's so cheap, but light years ahead of Chuck Norris. I'm I'm almost like honestly thoroughly believing that uh, the Sea Lab from this episode. Uh, is actually the same C Lab that they use in C Lab 2021 for oh, uh, the cartoon. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, it, okay. So this is Ruby Spears. Uh, not a lot of people really remember who Spears are. Uh, they worked for Hanna Barbera, and they both licensed out cartoons to Warner Brothers. Uh, I think. For uh, but then when Ruby Spears sold out to Hanna Barbera, then Hanna Barbera got bought up by a Warner Brothers. So everything's under the same catalog now. But I bet you they licensed because that is the same exact. Uh, look, I think maybe it's a little bit of the color, but you see the same bubble animation, same fish flying by. Watch an episode of Sea Lab 2021 where they reuse footage. It's the same exact <laughs> thing in Chuck Norris. I'm positive it is. Like it just, it just totally looks like it. <laughs> How is this only five episodes? I really thought, yeah, I, I thought it was on for. Yeah, it, it felt like it was on for longer, but in retrospect, I'm glad that it wasn't. This this shouldn't have been more than two episodes, more than one episode. Somebody Fic should have saw the pilot and been like, no, no. <laughs> Fictionalized version of Chuck Norris. In Chuck Norris's head the whole time he's doing the cartoons, like, yeah, this is based on a true story. <laughs> yeah. like, 
you know, like, if you're going to use a real character to base your cartoon on, at least use real characters to base the rest of the characters on. I mean, it's just like, okay, well, we'll have one real character, and then we'll just go apeshit on everybody else. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, get, like, a, 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 the pro stars of martial arts. You know, get the ghost of right? Bruce Lee. Literally, the ghost. He has ghost powers. Get, uh, yeah. get, um... Fuck it. Get a boxer in there, too. Muhammad Ali. Since, I mean, they have a sumo wrestler, and that's not karate. Just get anybody who's a fighter, you know? Just get all these people together. It would have been much more entertaining. Yeah, I yeah, know. I mean, what, what's his name? Uh, the dude that uh, was in, uh, what should I kiss to death? The Kareem Abdul, I think? Oh, no. yeah, yeah. That is one of the uh, craziest no, not... fight sequences I've ever seen. You know, it's like, let's just have the biggest dude possible fighting a, you know, tiny Asian guy. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, just like, I mean, like, he was in, like, in a martial arts movie, and, you know, I think he was in the same movie that Chuck Norris was in himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just, seriously, you, you, know, you can't use real people. You have to use these ridiculous people that are semi-racist. Like, I can't imagine being, like, an Asian person watching this back in the day going, I don't get it. <laughs> Um, it says here in the voice cast, I don't recognize any of um, but it says <laughs> Chuck Norris, voiced by himself, and I just want to, immediately just like, no shit, really? Do you think that was up for debate? To be fair, in uh, Jackie Chan Adventure, Jackie Chan only, uh, only voices like a couple of the characters himself, and then uh, someone else does his voice for him for the rest of the series. There's a, the final episode of this is called Island of the Walking. Please tell me that it's only five episodes because zombies eat all of them at the end. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're that lucky. Damn. Oh, the... the Warner Archive released the complete series on DVD. That has to be like a two ninety nine bargain bin kind of thing. There's no way. Oh, oh, hey, I'm uh, checking out the Wikipedia. Apparently, uh, the Karate Commandos is a United States government operative team, and they are, and this is in quote, radically diverse. And by radically diverse, there's a couple white people and a couple Asians. <laughs> oh my God, this is this is why we have like a surplus of government funds like where is this all going and they're all programming for, for this like uh we've been uh testing out uh programs for animation to see if we could properly do them in real life also uh, apparently the bad guys uh, that claw is running is called vulture as an anagram but it was never revealed what the anagram meant <laughs> jesus you realize how long the anagram must have been like how long headed that must be? i mean like it's vulture, so like, I can't, like villains under legitimate torturing underwater rebellion. <laughs> really like, evil is what the R E stands for. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but just like you know, but to be fair, back in the day, I mean, like almost every like show had some sort of anagramic, you know, either heroes or villains or yeah. something like that. I mean, Get Smart had a. You know, had their operations, and yeah, just really like Claw, really Inspector Gadget. Like, you couldn't have come up with anything else besides Claw. I think it's funny how talkative and whiny the Super Ninja are. And last time I checked, ninjas were not like chatty. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think the people that did this cartoon really researched their uh, their material. They kind of just went with, uh, well, you know, I mean, like look at Jai Joe, the ninjas talk all the time. There are like two ninjas. And they talk, and nobody else talks. Yeah. yeah, get Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow their own animated cartoon, and I will watch it. Chuck Norris can get beheaded like in the first episode. We're like, oh, perfect choice, perfect choice. Yeah. Clap, 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 clap. Let's move on. This is terrible. Put Hammerman back on. Hammerman. <laughs> I will actually watch Hammerman before I watch this again. Jeez. Yeah, dude. Seriously, I would watch Hammerman twice over before watching this again. I'll even watch the Mr. T cartoon before watching oh, this again. Oh, yeah. I, I would rather they found a way to edit out all of Chuck Norris, add Mr. T and the Karate Commandos, and the whole time him just wise-ass and like, uh, yeah, what just, the hell? <laughs> yeah, just, just, just bitching the entire time. I ain't getting on that plane. I ain't getting on that boat. <laughs> and all those weapons look like toys. If there was ever a cartoon, though, that got the toy look right... 
Here we go. Those look like plastic toys. No wonder they're getting their ass handed to them by the Super Ninja. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, this is this is Chuck Norris. Yep. While, while I was trying to finish this, I my mind kind of wandered off for a little. And I was thinking of the movie Nuns on the Run. Do you remember this movie with Eric <laughs> Idle and Robbie Coltrane? I do, I do. Now, imagine if it was produced by Canon Pictures. And who did it have as their main stars? Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson, the two Chucks. And uh, I just thought, hey, what if they had made the movie and just called it Nunchucks? <laughs> You know, like, I actually have a theory about uh, Karate Commandos. I actually think that this movie is actually about the little kid too much, and he's by himself, and it's much like the, the movie Sidekicks, or it's just him having fantasies the entire time. <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting. I didn't want to, I wanted to, I didn't want to say it because I knew that you, because you and I have had discussions about Sidekicks, and it's the only thing that Chuck Norris ever made that's worth watching. Like, legitimate oh, yeah. entertainment. It's, it's not top grade, but it's an actual movie yeah. movie. <laughs> Uh, Steve and I on Above the Airways are thinking about uh, doing movies featuring Chuck Norris, not featuring Chuck Norris, <laughs> and we're gonna do, we're gonna do sidekicks and dodgeball. It's oh, like, like he's that. in there, or <laughs> really. Top Dog, where the dog is the actual star of the movie. Who's right? a better actor? Better actor, by the way, taking on neo Nazis. If there's a better time to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm looking this yeah, up, so and it uh, says chronological order. Shows related to uh, Chuck Norris and Karate Commandos. How is how is Laser Tag Academy associated to Chuck Norris? Fuck. The New Adventures of Little Oscar? I, I don't know. I think they were just put out around the same time. I don't think they were actually chronologically linked. My God, Laser Tag Academy. And then there was Photon. Do you remember Photon? <laughs> Captain Power. Oh, All Zapper-oriented cartoons. So you have your zapper at home. Hit the zapper button. Oh man, this is so cool! I can play games and watch cartoons. Yeah, you, if you were rich, you had Captain Power. If you were middle class, you had Laser. If you were broke, you had Photon. <laughs> it was the uh, the GoBots Transformers Voltron War, <laughs> just like that yeah. level. Oh, who had less money? Yeah. Oh, classes have been in toys where it doesn't belong. Yeah, there's nothing really else to say about this. Um, God, I, I, th I think we would have spent a better time, you know, discussing sidekicks. Or <laughs> Honestly, I, I agree. I mean, although, let's, let's let's give it a quick ranking here. Between this and Cowboys of Moo Mesa, what do you think was worse? I hate you guys. I quit. The show's over. Dude. <laughs> Goodbye, we're done. Don't bring up Cowboys of Moo Mesa. That's not a real cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, you made that up. It's a delusional. That's another thing. You know what? This whole thing is too much is like delusional fantasy. All of these cartoons are too much in his backyard, tripping on acid, eight years old, playing with these toys in his backyard. These are not real stories. These are not real cartoons. Yeah. And uh, Cowboys of Moo Mesa is literally the uh, acid trip of uh, five from Five Goes West out in the middle of the uh, the Western the frontier. Oh my god! I would so much watch that before I ever watch Cowboys. It's oh, Wild <laughs> West Cow acronym. Another return of that stupid shit. It's always in cartoon. Uh, Cowboys of Moo Mesa. So they are the Wild West Code of the West Boys of Moo Mesa. Fuck you guys for this. <laughs> Just. Yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't gone back and seen that episode, just just don't. It's literally just us just yelling at each other for half an hour going, why, 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 why? It's It would be like the uh, the acronym Chuck. See, you know, <laughs> the, the Chuck boys and the karate, you know, karate commandos. And then, what, if Chuck, what if Chuck Norris and the karate commandos, the entire thing was an acronym by some ad executive thinking, kids love acronyms. They don't know exactly what an acronym is, but they love deciphering what those words mean. Oh, my God. 
You know, now that would make sense, and that would explain why Commandos is spelled with a K and not with a C. I guarantee. Oh well, now, that that might have been some subtle alt right shit right there. Chuck is like, can we change the first C to a K too? Cuck Norris. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> All right, listeners, we're gonna we're gonna leave you with oh, that thought. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, one last little. I'll give Chuck Norris another. No, no, no. He's not a man of action. He's a guy of a paycheck. You know, the second the fifth episode was over, he was like, "What the fuck was I thinking? I'm out of here. Let's go shoot mission in action like 18. I don't give a shit. Let's just keep it going." Huh? Now, it was either Delta Force or he had to shoot for the uh, the full body gym thing that he was promoting. Oh my god! I mean commercials. He's like Firewalker Bomb. They gotta sell more. Chuck, you need this money. <laughs> Don't you love my mullet? This is this is uh, exercise equipment money right here, growing in this mullet. I wonder if his mustache is insured, you know, because he didn't start growing it until after he got famous because of Bruce Lee. Dude, that's not a mustache. I think that's where he harnesses power. That's just like the. <laughs> If, if it was a war between Tom Selleck's mustache, Chuck Norris's mustache, and Charles Bonson's mustache, who wins? Uh, I would give it to uh, probably Jonathan Frakes' goatee. Oh! Coming in from left field. Yeah. I'm going to say Tom Selleck because he had all of Higgins' like, magic You know, uh, it would soak up all that rich, uh, proper mm. English behavior. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, that's reasonable, but no one ever sees uh, old number one from outer space coming in. I wish I had a theme song for What the Fuck Tooth because we're what, we're about eight episodes in. I feel like there's some punk rock frustration I should be coming out. <laughs> well, either that or just like, you know, a quick like 15 seconds of us just making puke noises. It's getting everywhere! Yeah, you can just grab that clip from uh, Family Guy where they all like drink it pick for some reason. Oh, just my play God. That. Oh. oh, yeah, that'd be the best. Oh, if I, if I should find that and start adding that to the end of the episodes. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think we've uh, wasted enough of your time. My brain hurts a little bit. Uh, okay, so he was the victim this time. I'm the victim next time. What do you got in mind? Uh, I don't know yet, but I'll, I'll come up with something good. I haven't really decided yet. All right, everybody. Check us out on Facebook. Actually, you know what? We've done enough damage. Uh, maybe it's best if we don't have you watch anymore or listen to any more episodes. We, we probably <laughs> we probably made you sterile. This is how bad this was. Yeah, we, we, we just gave you cancer for listening to us. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook under Retro Rock Entertainment. You can see all the stuff there. Check out his podcast, Above the Airwaves. Their show's hilarious. If you like this kind of content, listen to their, Okay, uh, they did an episode about robot jocks and robot wars. Oh. The funniest oh, damn thing goodness. I've heard in a long time. Here's the weird thing is... Uh, uh, Steven, your co-host, said the actual sequel is Crash and Burn. There's another one in the franchise. Nobody remembers this one. It's called Robo really? Warriors. It's part, technically, I guess it's part four? Really? I did not know about yes. Robo Warriors. Crash and Burn was the last thing. Was Robo Warriors picked up by a different studio? Because Crash and Burn was the last one done by that studio. Yeah, uh, Robo Warriors was, um, here's the thing. Yeah, it was, I think it, I'm... it was a UPN movie. So Paramount okay. had distribution rights on Robot Jocks. Uh, not Robot Jocks, I'm sorry, Robot Wars and Crash and Burn for a while. So somehow I yeah. think that they have the rights to sequelizing Robot Jocks. Because um, it okay. says, based on characters created by Stuart Gordon and whatever, who wrote the first movie. Um, I think it was Ed Naha. Um, and then it continues, like, way after, and then the Chinese, some alien race teamed up to take on what's left of America, and they find one last <laughs> robot, and they use that. And it has James Remar, who is amazing, who is way too good for this movie. 
Um, but if you look at all of them together, uh, Robo Warriors is pretty awesome, even though it was on the UPN now. All right, well, we might have to uh, go hunting for that. And by hunting for that, I mean ignore that it ever existed. Because the last two movies were terrible. Yeah, go watch the... like some robot. Go watch Voltron. Go watch uh, Macross. Go watch uh, Robotech instead. But uh, thanks for the shout-out, and uh, you know, thanks for having me on your show. It's always fun to be here. All right, everybody. Have a good night. And uh, Chuck Norris, fuck off. He's punching me right now. Gotta go. Welcome to Back in Tunes. We're going to be discussing another what-the-fuck cartoon suggested by my co-host, Tony. What's up, Tony? Hey, 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 you know me. I like making you watch terrible things. What made you think of Defenders of Dinatron City? Honestly, like, I remember watching it in my youth. Like, they did maybe one or two airings on live TV. Or not live TV, but on uh, just general TV. And I just remember it sucking so bad that they just could not show it again ever in the life of ever. And so I looked it up, and here we are. I had no idea this even existed. I remember an ad for the game. It was back of like some image comic book I was reading. And I was like, oh, that looks like an interesting premise. And then you told me it was a cartoon. I'm like, what? This is during that time when they were doing test pilots. Because, you know, there was a, a pilot for Battletoads, which is worse than this. Yes, yes, I remember that, too. It was it was all during that same period where they were just trying to run anything that was action-packed and hero-like just because it was the popular thing at the moment. Iron Man was doing well. Fantastic Four was doing well. And they're like, well, what can we lose? Well, also the video game cartoons. There's Double Dragon, Captain N, Super Mario Bros. Yeah. You know, they're just testing the waters. And this failed horribly. What the fuck is with them promoting the Protocola? Protocola is I, clearly poison. Yes, yes. Not only is it clearly poison, but it's clearly poison developed by the bad guy of the series, which people were just like, oh, this ended up working out pretty well. The commercials show someone getting mutated by it. Oh, look, two more arms. Dad's awesome now. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you know, honestly, like I thought that was just one of the, like, the weirdest ways to open a series where it's just like, okay, yeah, there's just this weird... You know, interesting drink. Oh, everyone's getting mutated. Is this a thing of the future? Five minutes later, no, this is the bad guy trying to ruin everybody, and everybody's like, we kind of like these after effects. <laughs> I'm still trying to gather everything that got put together. Is this a parody of X-Men, and I'm just not getting it? Honestly, like, it feels like it's a parody of um, the the DC type of genre more than uh, more than Marvel, because, yeah. like, yes, there's, there's mutants in it, but, like, they all have very... Superman-esque powers, if anything else. I mean, it's just... Justice it's just so kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. It feels like like a really like awful Justice League thrown together and leaving you wonder what is wrong because this is like the Justice League of, you know, like terribly racist rednecks and like creepy, like 
BDSM, sadomasochist. You know, you, I, 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 can't, I can't get a feel for any of the characters. Even the monkey makes no sense. We were, what, I suggested this, and I said I was going to watch it, and I think I was two minutes into it, and I go, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> I, had to, Absolutely. I had to rewind this thing over and over again because it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, hold on, what? Clip back, start over again. Nope, still makes no sense. There is at no point when these kids get transformed. I'm trying to remember. The monkey kid does it by accident. By the way, totally rip off of um, uh, Changling from Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he accidentally transforms them. They're being uh, held uh, prisoner by Dr. Fuckface. I don't know his name. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Something. I don't know where they're getting their degrees at no point during the like the graduate studies. Like... You notice how that one kid over there is kind of insane? Should we give him a degree? Oh, yeah, just go ahead. We, you know, Just keep adding on. Master's, doctorate, whatever. Give him grants, too, while we're at it. Uh, yeah, right. He needs to buy Tesla coils and shit. I mean, everybody needs those. His name's Dr. Mayhem. Is it? <laughs> yes, his name's Dr. Mayhem. That had to have been after the fact, because I can't. And the uh, bachelor's degree goes to Stanley Mayhem. Well, I hope he's up to no good. I, I figured, like, a lot of those doctors get, like, honorary doctorates from the Universal Life Church, you know? Like, if you actually looked up their PhDs or what have you, it's like a doctorate in, uh, di like, divinity. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense. What do they call it in Scientology when you get to the next level, you know, to each one? Uh, I don't know. I mean, at that point, aren't you, like, a space alien or something? I, I don't know. It's like, oh, you paid enough. You, you've got, you move up to the next yeah. level. <laughs> Two more down payments to get to level nine. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't remember what that is. But the thing is, is that he already has, like, his robot henchmen. And you think that would mm -hmm. be enough. But no, these guys are out of control. There's never enough. Because uh, clearly, uh, henching is a field that's hard to get into. You know, there's all yeah. these, they got a labor review board, you know, the union. So he's like, well, I'm not going to deal with these wages and vacation hours and stuff like that by going to the union of henchmen. I'm just going to build my own. Uh, that has to be costly, too. In the end, I think it's just better to go with real people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although, like, uh, let's, let's, let's reel it back a moment, because we need to go further into this protocol. Apparently, at some point, the monkey, who is discovered because he drops a Vata protocol onto a bunch of machinery, which then somehow mutates the machinery. Yes, this this mut mutagenic, like, drink mutates machinery as well as, well as organic beanings, which makes no sense whatsoever, oh, because you apparently have to drink the stuff. I, I would think that somehow you'd have to chemically absorb it, but uh, normally liquids and electronics do not go together. Oh, yeah. You know, and then, like, it creates this giant head-like robot thingy that's off for half the episode until the giant PhD, you know, idiot finds an on and off switch at the bottom of it, which is even more that bizarre, you know. How did he not know? <laughs> Okay, so going further into the series, we get to a point to where our heroes, quote unquote, which is a bunch of just random people. One one person is a electrician, a black girl is an electrician, who happens to be there because the guy running the place can no longer use um, fusion energy or crap because his monkey dropped a bunch of cola onto all the stuff. And so she's there because this guy's running a bunch of electricity to make his machine henchman that we just talked about. And then a bunch of unlikely Scooby-Doo-esque characters, and I say Scooby-Doo by the fact that they're a motley crew, not because they're halfway intelligent, they're all <laughs> just no a bunch of idiots. I guarantee you none of them could get a driver's license. <laughs> I mean, like, we had, like, the idiot, you know, like, brick-sized leader character. We had a creepy girl who was really into it with her buzzsaw, 
we have the one semi-intelligible person who becomes less intelligible, which gives her superpowers. And then, I kid you not, we have a toolbox. And you'd think the toolbox wouldn't matter that much. Well, it does. It does matter. How did the toolbox gain sentient? You know, how does he have a personality? That's fucking insane. I, I don't know. He was he was clearly the vision character, you know, in the new Avengers team. He was like, we need a we need an android type character. The toolbox. The toolbox is gonna transform. So anyways, they get put in a trap, of course. Well, now, hold and on. Then... Before we get to the toolbox part, what if it had been something totally different? What if it was just a box of sex tools? Like and it would be dildo head? I mean just <laughs> vibrating. Honestly, like at that point I, I, I couldn't tell you because chances are with the crew that they put together to do this team with, that could have actually been the box. I mean <laughs> These I mean, these are, characters these people are clearly not friends. At no point do they establish any sort of history with them. They're just like, we got this character, slap them together, let's go. Yeah, let's let's do this, let's go. So, like, the only intelligible person of the team was the monkey, and the monkey isn't even that intelligible. It was just a monkey that got mutated to the point to where it gained some semblance of intelligence, oh, and it's still smarter than everybody else on the team. Oh, oh. oh and by the way, he, he has bananas on a on a bandolier for some reason, and we no, never I, find out why. No. Clearly, the game was the first concept, and like somehow we have to fit this into an animated... Uh, there's no need for explanation. Screw it. So, anywho, these guys are literally drowned in protocola for a good 10 to 20 minutes to the point to where you don't even see their bodies anymore. Like, are, are, do they melt? I don't remember. Like, I think they that they drown? melt. Can they breathe underwater? Is this... You know, and then, so then the monkey... The yeah, yeah. The monkey leaves, comes back, and has, I have a great idea, and I'm going to jolt them with electricity to somehow start some sort of, you know, like, just response. And they all turn into superheroes, and they have the most fantastic, not fantastic powers ever. Oh, How does his head <laughs> pop off? Okay, the guy's name, okay, let's start off, actually, let's start at the beginning with all the characters. Jet Headstrong, his head pops off, and he can hit people with it. How is it still working the rest of his body when it's completely disconnected? Shit, if you do that to a zombie, it's dead. You I, <laughs> What? You have to understand that these are superpowers, and superpowers need no explanations, okay? Ah, I need explanations! <laughs> well, I mean, at least they were nice enough to have, you know, handlebars and a, you know, rocket attached to his head to make, se- make sense of why it flies away. <laughs> Does, you think the rest of his body would collapse and instantly his brain would just... I know it's continue with the roster. The, yes, the people want to know. Megawatt. So, okay, was who was Whoopi Goldberg's agent to sign her up for this and Theodore Rex around the same time? Clearly, somebody <laughs> needed to be fucking fired. You know, after after Star Trek, she was desperate. She wanted to be in anything. <laughs> oh, I just I, I, this must have been before Sister Act because there's no way that she unless it was a huge paycheck. But I don't think animation really paid that well back then. I don't think so either. I think it was kind of just uh, like a drop in the hat type of deal. Okay, so she, uh, she of all the characters, is the only one that really seemed to be put together. Do you think it's strange, though, that when she becomes Miss Megawatt, they erase the fact that she's African-American? If they just take all the color For the out? most part. Yeah, weird. yeah. You know, I mean, she's basically Black Lightning or Vulcan or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, Super it's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Do I call you Whitefish? No, they call you Aquaman. <laughs> I don't want to be called Black Lightning. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, continue. Um, Buzzsaw Girl, who at no point, lo- <laughs> she loses her legs. <laughs> she cannot walk. And she has a bandsaw that she rides on. At no point is she screaming over the fact that she can no longer walk. <laughs> <laughs> a 
and what is up with her voice? Like, she is like, we need the most sultry, dirty-esque voice yeah. that we can get for a character possible. You know, it's just it's like, oh my god, I cannot wait to start slicing you. What the hell is wrong with this woman? Imagine, she makes sailors and truck stop truck drivers seem like completely okay like their etiquette's fine compared to this lady oh i just yeah. lost the ability to walk i have no idea if i have lady parts anymore but i'm, I'm gonna cut people up yeah and it's just like when when you start off with the character she is just overly intrigued with her her bandsaw and it's just like this is just not this is not okay i'm Sociopathic sorry behavior i mean the only person that would be okay with this is leatherface true true oh, hello there lady all right, so uh, let's let's move on to my favorite character, uh, who I lovingly call Toolbox, toolbox. who is literally is a toolbox. That is his name, because clearly they put no thought into that. <laughs> what is he? He's a toolbox. What's his name? Uh, we forgot to uh, hold on a second. Oh, we got to go to production right now. Uh, toolbox, fine. Toolbox. I mean, like you know, like they could have gone with like Hammerhead because he has a freaking hammer for a head, or you know, like anything interesting. But like, no, he's just he's he's literally a toolbox incarnate turned into a anthropomorphized being with with a cape. They all have capes. I don't know why. Metal with a cape. Metalhead would have been a much better name. <laughs> but I'm gonna you know, but like. You. Just just comes into being, and he's like, I want to be a hero with these guys. And we have no idea what is he thinking. Like, how does he process things? And why is he suddenly, like, a hero with these people? Other than the fact that he might feel ownership towards the person that owns him as a toolbox. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> of, all the con- of all the characters, it's the most absurd. Yes. Oh, man. And I, as you can tell, there's a bunch of absurd characters. So if we can say that the toolbox is the weirdest freaking character, you can understand. This is from Lucasfilm. They originally designed the game, and this is during their pinnacle of, like, fun, cartoony. They were doing uh, Monkey Island and Full Throttle, and uh, mm-hmm. this is before, like, the Star Wars games basically took over their development process. This is when they were yeah. like, more, like, original concepts. Dynatron City, maybe it was a fun game. I don't know. Did you play it? No. Ugh. I don't even know if it was a hit. I just remember seeing one ad for it, and nobody ever talked about it. And uh, I have no idea if it's any good. I, it was an NES game, but I think it was also a PC game. The Lucasfilm yeah. kind of focused on the PC. Well, probably what happened was people watched the cartoons and decided to burn any copies that they had. Yeah, probably. They're like, uh, these are the same guys that greenlit Howard the Duck. Oh, no. Hide it. Hide the evidence. Nope, nope. Not real. Didn't buy this. Uh, bury it with the body that's called Holiday Special Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, honestly, uh, if you guys listen, if you get a chance and you feel like you want to just punch yourself in the gut for about half an hour to 45 minutes, you have to watch uh, Defenders of the City because uh, it's just one of those superhero gems. And by gem, I mean big giant piece of poop. Um, Did you know that Dr. Mayhem was originally voiced by Christopher Walken and at the last minute before production was done, they decided to replace it with a more cartoony voice? That's what I'm reading on Wikipedia. Who throws away Christopher Walken's voice? Wow, especially for, oh man, that would have been gold. Like, that would have made this 20 times better. Woo! It would have been all weird and creepy and, like, unnerving. (laughs) It would have seemed like a real villain instead of just, he talks like this the whole time. Uh. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, that would have worked for Freakazoid, because Freakazoid was cartoony, de- cartoony designed to be that, where this is, I can't even tell if this is supposed to be a semi-serious cartoon, or supposed to be just completely bonkers cartoon, because, like, at some points, you're like, oh, this is supposed to be just, you know, like, just whack job, uh, slack jaw, idi- idiocy. And then, like, you get, like, these 
slight moral compasses, and you're like, is this supposed to be serious to a degree? And then it goes crazy again. It's almost as if Fox said, well, we have to have some sort of moral ground. It can't be a complete parody, man. Clearly, if you look at our slate of fine cartoons, uh, Bobby's World, Little Shop, uh, dead serious, more important cartoons than everybody else. And they're like, what? Mm -hmm. We're we're making a parody. Uh, All right, we'll we'll go back and change things. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I just, I can't, uh, I can't just begin to explain just the incredible craziness of this cartoon. It's just... It leaves you to wanting to turn it off, but not able, not able to, because you really want to see what happens next. You know, I'm thinking about the game. I know I didn't play it, but I have it in my head now. Just seeing, like, oh, this guy, all he can do is shoot his head over and over and over. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I bet you 80 bad guys would come at him over and over, and he just, banana, banana, banana. <laughs> saw through, saw through. It's like one, one fight style. That's all you have. And that's why you don't know about this game. That's why there was no sequel. The cartoon never took off. It was probably one of those things where the concept was awesome and the execution was, holy shit, can we write this off? Is this a tax write-off, please, somebody? <laughs> you know, maybe that's how they got Whoopi Goldberg in it. It was a big tax write-off for her. Yeah. Gary Winnick, he created Maniac Mansion. I remember that being a really awesome game. Actually, I think it was a TV show, too. I think so. I remember the game, though, and the game was awesome. Publisher was JVC. I don't remember JVC. Not a label that I'm having good memories no no yikes yeah i don't know this is definitely the worst of all the cartoons that you suggested it's the worst but still (laughs) crazy level of entertaining because i just have to keep going uh hold on rewind oh yeah they did that they totally did that okay i not imagine that i did i did not drop acid (laughs) all right so um i've been kind of thinking about this for a while now and there's there's two particular cartoons that i've wanted to do for our next show okay but uh, I, I want to see if I can get some of our viewership to kind of decide upon that. If you guys are listening in, you know, are interested, um, I want to do one of two cartoons, and either I want to do uh, Bruno the Kid, which was oh, a cartoon shit, of, yes. about Bruce Willis as a child who is a super secret spy, which I honestly loved as a kid and is awesome in my personal opinion. Or we can go the other route and do Captain Simeon. And the Space Monkeys. You know, which I've, is had, about I've had space someone monkeys. suggest Captain Simeon before, and I, I never got around to it. That uh, that seems to have people's interest. Yeah, so, I mean, like, honestly, like, uh, I want to do both eventually, but as for just kind of the next episode type of thing, like, I already have them lined up and ready to watch on my queue. But uh, I definitely want to see if I can get some uh, viewership, uh, you know, coming in and telling us, you know, what they want to see next is one of the two options rather than just having a blanket, you know, what do you like? What do you have available? Well, here's two choices. Give us your input. Yeah, and I am stunned at the uh, attention that the Root, the Amazing Cube episode got. That is one of our most successful episodes. Um, Really? Yeah. Right now, we're on the verge of our 100th episode of Back in Tunes, and I think it's time... Uh, to spin what the fuck tunes off into its own thing, you know, you and I yeah. can do it. Uh, Jacob's completely cool with that. Where we just do a series of shorter episodes, where we grab one bizarro cartoon, discuss for twenty minutes, and if you guys are cool with that, you got something to suggest, totally throw it our way because we have like a lot on our list of what we want to discuss. But if you have something, let us know. Yeah, I mean, even if it's like a specific episode of something that wouldn't be a normally what the fuck cartoon, but you know, just they happen to do one episode where you're just like, what the hell is going on in here? You know, GI Joe's Transformers, whatever. I have. You it. know, if, if I have. It. Yeah, if if it pops up, you know, c- let us know because we'll watch it and we'll join you in the in the well, what the hell is happening here. Have you seen the zombie Smurfs episode? I have seen the zombies. Holy the the, the shit, purple that's the best episode <laughs> ever. But the whole time I'm going, is this really happening? 
Yeah. Is this a thing? What is going on? This is just so creepy. Get out. Get out. Get out. I'm going to bite your butt. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. <laughs> All right, everybody, check us out on Facebook under Back in Tunes. Give us suggestions. Let us know how we're doing. And, Tony, thank you. This was a gem of, well, big, shiny piece of poop, I should say. Yes, yes. It's, it's crystallized. <laughs> it's aged to not perfection. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's It was really worth watching, though. Anytime, man, anytime. All right, everybody, have a good night. You want to send us out? Yep, good night, good fight. Welcome to Back in Tunes WTF edition, basically where we take cartoons that are just not, you know, not worthy of our normal long discussion on Back in Tunes. This is more of a WTF Tunes where we pick our cartoons that are just like head scratchers, mind boggling, just disasters, all sorts of stuff that's just like, whoa. And um, every episode, I like to torture my friend Tony by watching these cartoons. To be fair, you, you have uh, given me a few to watch, and I've been like, what happened? Yes, yes I have, and that's that's just the measure of our friendship. I'm Michael, and this week we're going to discuss, I'm so sorry for choosing this, but it was controversial and I was curious about it, so I suggested it before I actually watched it, and it is Garbage Pail Kids. You know, you say controversial, I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, it was just dumb, just dumb in general. It's controversial based on the fact that it never aired in America, even though the summer of 87, CBS promoted this heavily. This was going to be a big thing for their, their like you know new schedule. And all of a sudden, this huge amount of protests and advertisers pulled uh, their advertising, A, because of the protests, but B, because CBS never sent out a tape as a screener before the season started, because even they realized they had no faith in this cartoon. It was it was so bad, and this cartoon was clearly designed as a marketing tool, much like how Secret Wars was designed to sell toys. This was designed to sell more Garbage Pail Kids garbage, and I personally feel like it wouldn't have succeeded. This seems like it would, like, some the UN should have stepped in and stopped this disaster, because this is obviously against proper human, uh, just, no, it's, it's a crime. And, and, like, the the targeting in this cartoon made no sense, because there was just, references and what have you that any kid would not get like i'm sorry like you know like i'm you know like you know general pat ton you know because he's a fat kid i'm like okay well i mean like i get it because i know who general i know who Patton is but like what what's six seven year olds gonna know what this is referencing right you don't know if it's trying to be subversive like the mad magazine of cartoons or something like that but not no ideas hit home mind you 
I barely made it through the first episode. I don't know if you watched more, but I was just like, oh, God, five more minutes. Oh, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, no, I, I, I was hoping that it was going to be one of those, like, short cartoons where it's, like, a 50-minute cartoon and then, like, something else plays on their half. It's like, no, it's 15 minutes and then something equally stupid plays with the other half. Yeah. It's, uh, okay, so the first episode, something about garbage pail kids from outer space coming down to earth and these ants get loose and they fight them and they take over the earth and i think the episode actually does not end the, the ants just kind of stand there going yeah yeah and that's it it was an unfinished idea it it ends with the ants taking over like it ends with a couple of other aliens driving past earth and say oh we can't go there it's a uh, it's infested with ants and then it shows a giant ant at the end of it because for some reason they kept feeding ants the sludge which we never find out what the sludge is or why they're attacking the ants with the sludge. We just know that they know that they're eating the sludge and they keep attacking with it. And I know it's a parody, but when they show Earth, where it's just kind of like the front part of the Earth stuck on a giant trash can, you're like, no, scientifically that would... I mean, it wouldn't even spin properly. Gravity wouldn't exist. Everybody would fly into space. It's not going to happen. It's a dumb idea. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't even make sense. No, and, and apparently, like, the entirety of Earth is America. So, I mean, like... This this is just visually insulting. Like, can you imagine anywhere else watching this? I'm like, okay, well, there's Earth, and everything else outside of the small corner is in a garbage can. So what's in the small corner? Oh, look, it's America. So everything but America is in, is in a giant garbage can. That's kind of xenophobic. Wow, is... Well, that was, it was the 80s, man. In the 80s, America was like, yeah, we're rule, we're number one. You know? Right, and, and and this wasn't even aired in America, so imagine how that went. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be good enough to be on a network. I figured this was one of those like syndicated packages that they sent out to the networks just to burn off yeah. 15 episodes. They aired like Sunday at four, you know, right after yeah. the baseball game was over. No, this yeah. was like decent, but I cannot find the company that made this anywhere in Wikipedia. I'm gonna have to go further into this, but. Um, I think it's funny that Wikipedia just doesn't show it. It's like they're all too ashamed to admit that they were responsible <laughs> for it. I recognize this animation, and I don't know from where. Yeah, yeah, I, I was looking at this animation style, too, and I'm like, you know, I've seen this before from something I actually enjoyed, but I, I couldn't I couldn't put a finger on it for the life of me. But, uh, like, it's, it's, a, it's a known studio, uh, definitely. And, like, they had a pretty good voice acting cast, but, uh, like, as a whole, like, I just can't put a finger on any of it, so I'm just like, this is just a really really bad embarrassment to everybody that worked on this damn thing. Uh, the guy who developed this, I'm shocked that he wrote the Transformers movie in Five Goes West. Two great <laughs> animated movies. Don't tell me that Five Goes West is one of the best animated movies of the 90s. And he created this? Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's... It's a thing. I mean, if you ever want to see... <laughs> That's the best way to put it. <laughs> if you ever want to see somebody hitting rock bottom, this is it. Oh, uh, I need this my is money. <laughs> yeah. Or I, like, I'm desperate, you know, I got my wife just left me, and I, I need some cocaine. I'll do anything. Give me whatever. How much is a rail? Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm going to need some more. Uh, yeah, you did say voice work. I recognize Cree Summer. She was on A Different World. Tara Strong looks very familiar, but I cannot figure out what TV show she is. I'm going to look up her IMDb. Oh, Tara Strong is in so much stuff. Like, if you if you IMDb here, you're going to recognize, like, 30% of her stuff, uh, if not okay. 40%. Rugrats? Is she from Rugrats, or am I thinking of someone else? Um, I don't know from Rugrats. I mean, she voiced the... Got uh, uh, Barbara Gordon, Batwoman. She vo she voiced a bunch of stuff, man. I mean, like, like she is ridiculously popular and known. I just I can't tell you what off the top of my head. Okay, so I'm looking here. It's actually CBS Entertainment Production with Top Screen Gum. That's so CBS is truly responsible for their own shit on this one. Mm, mm, it's just it's so bad, so bad. Makes no sense. Um, like the villains aren't even villains. Like the first episode or the first half of episode is just. A couple of aliens, you know, wanting to hang out and have a good time, and 
a bunch of militant garbage pill kids is like, oh, they're attacking us. I'm like, oh, let's have a picnic. Oh, they're they're doing some sort of war dance. Oh, let's let's, let's party on the beach. I mean, like, this is just like, what's the moral of the story here? Like, is is the moral sometimes when you mean well, you might seem like you're doing something bad, and sometimes when you're doing something bad, you might actually accomplish nothing at all. I mean, like, what's what's going on here? I don't even remember the second story. I, I have zero memory of it. I'm just like, uh, is it my age or was the story that unmemorable? Like that so terrible. The, the second story follows the Scooby-Doo slash uh, Super Harlem Globetrotter story where like five random kids go and uh, buy to a toy store and buy toys. And then they find out that uh, the toys are like jacked up and broken. And then they get called to their hideout where some form of Gaia slash Zordon slash you know, uh, just like leader figure tells them something's going on and you have to fix it. And then they all transform into garbage belt kids. You know, like there are five perfect normal kids and transform into these five monstrosities. And it was like, what the, what? <laughs> it was like, you must go out and find whoever's trying to ruin people's childhood. So they go back to the, it, it was a really, really stupid story. And it made no sense because they prompted villains that like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah is doing this. And I'm like, who's blah, blah, blah? We've never even seen them. This is the first episode. Like, you can't just hop into the middle. I guess, you know, for kids, it doesn't matter if there's no background to it. You can just hop into it. And kids are like, yeah, F those guys, whoever they are. They're trying to ruin my fun. The uh, I'm looking at some of the credits here on who produced, like, the other stuff for it. Okay, so I was talking about the animated, or sorry, the theme song for the, the show right before we went live. And yeah. it's the laziest, half-assed, we got five minutes, put this together. Good, go, 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 gotta go to air. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, it's uh, them just trying to make their dollar bills, I guess, and uh, us just being very, very sad. Uh, okay, Tara Strong. She's uh, Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony, uh, Harley Quinn from Injustice 2. She's uh, Raven from Young Justice. She's Raven from Teen Titans Go. Mary Jane Watson from Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. Um, she was Penny, evil Penny clone and answering machine from Inspector Gadget in 2015. Her older stuff. I mean, like, she does a lot of stuff. Uh, Transformers Animated. She was in Foster's Home for Imaginary Children. Uh, let's see her 90s stuff, because you'd recognize her more in the 90s. Oh, That's I her love more Fosters. Thing. Who did she play in Fosters? Uh, I don't know. I, I already went past oh, it. Okay. Uh, she was uh, in the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures TV series as oh, Mary Jane. Oh, my God. we got to discuss that sometime. <laughs> right, right. That and, uh, what was it? Uh, did we already do Back to the Future animated series? I don't know. No, no. Um, I actually have that whole series. Um, I would yeah. love to discuss that. Uh, she was, let's see, she was uh, Hip Koopa and Hoff Koopa in the Super Mario World. Um, let's see, you probably didn't watch Tech Man Blade because that's an anime, not a cartoon. Uh, she was, uh, no, Extreme Ghostbusters, Kylie Griffin. Oh, that was the new Extreme Ghostbusters. Um, Barbara Gordon from the 91, 97, 98 Batman TV series. Okay, yeah, Batman. yeah, I mean, like, she just, she did a ton of stuff. Like, I, I, I kid you not, you'd recognize her. Young Celeste from Babar, the TV series. And then, of course, the uh, Garbage Pill Kids. Uh, Babar, the TV series, she was uh, oh, young. Oh, so... yeah, the giant elephant. Yeah, I forgot what that was. Yeah. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Uh, she was apparently in the Care Bears family TV series. I mean, she's just, yeah, she's she's very much in the industry, does a lot of stuff. Um, I think she did a couple of live-action things, too. But uh... Yeah, she looked familiar. I wasn't sure. She kind of looks like the girl. Have you ever seen National Lampoon's in your trip? I have, yes. You know the kind of the horny one? 
I, I see where you're getting at that. I probably not the same. Don't, don't know if it's her, but I can see why you think so. Um, I'm looking at the production companies on the animation, though, the actual animation. Like, CBS paid for it, but the other companies that actually produced it. First off is Cuckoo's Nest Studios, but here's the other two that caught my attention. One is called right. Wang Film Productions Company, and the next one is Hung Long Animation Company. Now, let's just say these two companies decided to team up for their own little super company. Their company would be called Wang Hung Long. Now, I'm not saying that uh, this is a coincidence, but uh, I don't think this is a coincidence. I, I think they knew where this this piece of garbage was going. It was because they were fucking us over. <laughs> it was like yes. CBS taking was, the money. <laughs> it was like, it, you know, it was just like three guys. It was like, let's just, let's just throw them weird shit and see what they pick up. It was like, this, out of everything they pick up, this, all right, sure, why not? You know, we like money. And I'm looking at some of the other stuff they produced, and it's not exactly the top notch. So there's some decent stuff in here. Of course, there's Beetlejuice and a pup named Scooby-Doo. There's also Police Academy, the series. Oh, my God, that is totally on the list. Police Academy, the oh, series. My, I forgot about Police Academy, the <laughs> series. Uh, there's, um, Beverly Hills Teens, the comic strip. Do you remember comic strip with, uh, Tiger Sharks? And, um, it went C-O-M-I-C-S-T-R-I-P. It's like four cartoons. Recall. One was a Heathcliff ripoff, and th actually, there's like a few, like Kung Fu Cat or something like that. Oh my god, no. No, I don't recall that, but yeah. that sounds like something I would have watched as a kid. Here's another one, Wish Kid, which we plan on doing later, the Macaulay Culkin cartoon. And then oh. after that, just kind of ran, oh, the Super Dave cartoon, holy crap. <laughs> oh man, there's there's a bunch of garbage cartoons in the '90s, like a bunch. Oh, the '80s wasn't lacking in them either. That's a, just like now it seems like there's a little bit more quality control. Nobody really seems to look at these cartoons now and going, "What the fuck were we thinking?" <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, I I write that off onto the fact that like if it didn't have like a full 20, 20 to twenty four episodes, people kind of just wrote it off as a, it was a time killer. Just, uh, we got to fill our schedule with something. I don't know. How long does animation uh, take? See, that's the other thing. It takes yeah. so long to make one episode that it's yeah. like by the time you get that one in the can and the company sees it, like, oh, shit. Well, oh, let's stop production. Well, we're already on episode 13. Ah! <laughs> so, anyways, we're going off on a tangent here. Back to the uh, core of the cartoon. It's 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 basically everything you expect out of a garbage pail kids cartoon. It's a big giant pail of garbage. Yeah, well, there's, uh, there's no real ideas because you know the cards are just the bare minimum. Did you happen to notice that there was a lot of characters without their faces where their face should be? It was a little disturbing. It's like Reanimator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's just it, it bothered me that there was zero point to any of this. Like usually there's some sort of like underlying moral transition gain or loss i mean like something to produce value like well, the purpose of this i mean I, even in animaniacs when there was no moral to the story they threw out the wheel of morality to give you a moral to the yeah, story yeah and you know it was like way too many characters it seemed like the, you need to focus on a very core team and it seemed like they're trying to fit every single character they had created in the cards to please the fans therefore having no focus yeah, it, it, it was basically a Secret Wars. They just wanted to throw every recognizable card that they could, they could, you know, or every card that was maybe on the block to be put out. And they didn't really care how it fit into a storyline. They're like, okay, well, this, this, and this, and then we'll put it with this, this, and this, because Aliens and Armies. Well, what about this? Uh, we'll just grab five random teenagers. Like, this is like the actual plot to Power Rangers. You know, give me five teenagers to add, dude. And then pit them against a bunch of other things. Go! <laughs> I will watch... 80 episodes of Power Rangers before I ever watched this, this garbage film yeah. shit again. 
Yeah, right, right. Because like at least in Power Rangers, like there was like a theme, you know, it was like friendship or you know overcoming adversity or something. This one it was just like oh, there's just some dude being a dude. You know, like this was like the precursor to the Kids Next Door, which Kid Next Door was pretty fun. This was bad. Yeah, I um, did you ever have Garbage Pet Kids? I've seen them. I've opened a pack or two. I wouldn't say that I personally had them. I had a family member who was just like a little bit older than me. He would have just like a whole binder filled with every single one. And I think I had one that someone had given to me once, like at where my dad worked. They're just like, hey, yeah. I found this. It was left on one of the tables. I'm like, okay. And that was like my one card. And I was like, oh. I never got really into cards. Like, I was briefly into baseball cards, but it's just a card. You just look at it. I'm like, uh, give me my comic books. Where are they at? Yeah, I mean, like, my uncle collected uh, comic book cards, and he gave me his collection, and that those were freaking cool, because, like, the they're, like, full-on, yeah. yeah, like, full-on, like, rosters and stats and, like, like ability comparisons and what have you. Like, that was just cool to have. Yeah, well, plus the artwork was beautiful. Garbage Pill Kids was the equivalent of, like, Mad Magazine in, boiled down into one piece of cardboard. Yeah, I mean, like, I can understand that, uh, you know, like, it's a, it's an art style, and so people are going to be naturally, like, inclined to it in one way or another, but as a whole, like, just, there's no value into it. It was just grotesque to be grotesque, and it was one of those things where, you know, parents were like, eh, and kids were like, eh, it's gross, I like it, you know, like, but it had no value at it after a year or two. Honestly, there's nothing really else I can say about this at all. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we go? <laughs> um, in you know, from product to cartoons, this is probably one of the worst ones I've ever seen. I mean, and I've seen a bunch. I've seen Creepy Crawlers, which is literally about you know the Creepy Crawlers like candy maker that just made other bugs turn come to life. Like I've seen crappy stuff, and this was the worst. Wow. Did uh, they ever make a Mad Balls cartoon? Um, no, I mean, like, I've seen Mighty Max, Creepy Crawlers, I mean, like, they did a bunch, but I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I was wondering, because I remember they had a comic book, do you remember Star Comics, they used to do, like, the same thing that they did with the animation, they would just take whatever toy license was out there and make a comic book of it? No, not, not that I'm aware of, at least that wasn't my central focus back yeah, in the 90s. I think you were, te- no, it wasn't in the 90s, it was actually 1986 when uh, Marvel was doing their big 25th anniversary celebration, they launched the new universe, which was a huge flop, but Star Comics actually held on for about five, six years, uh, they had some decent stuff, they had Peter Porker, uh, which is a parody of Spider-Man of course, um, they had yeah. Top Cat and, and some other stuff, but then they would license like, just these stupid, whatever popular, like Popples, and Mad Balls and Sectars and stuff like that. Whatever was a short, uh, you know, like short-lived fad. I can't say I've seen any of those. I mean, like I recognize, you know, the the first two you mentioned, Peter Porker and Top Cat, but uh, definitely have was not uh, alive or actually definitely was not old enough to recognize and have not seen those at all. You're fortunate. The only thing out of there that's any good is the Peter Porker and the um, they made an Ewoks and Droids comic book, and that was pretty solid as well. Oh, there we go. All right, guys. Well, uh, that pretty much covers this terrible thing that Michael forced me to watch. Hopefully, I'll <laughs> terrible to make him watch at some point. I don't know. Maybe there was a Beverly Hills Cop cartoon or something. I'll find. Oh I don't my know. God, I would watch Axel Foley just <laughs> throw bananas at people with their tailpipes. <laughs> oh, and Serge is his sidekick. Oh, I would love that. He brings out all his gadgets every episode. That would be really cool. I'll, I'll see what I can find. I don't think that actually exists, but uh, there's going to be something stupid out there to make Michael watch. Now, uh, for people who have been listening to the show, you'll know it's been a long time since our last WTF episode. We're going to try to break it up so that it's once a month, 
and uh, I'll pick one, then he'll pick one, I'll pick one, he'll pick one. That way we get to equally torture each other. And who knows? There might be a surprise in there somewhere, something that I think is like insanely stupid, and you you'll like it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bank on that, but you know. <laughs> I'm terrible. Though I did like I kind of like the Super Globetrotters. Uh, yeah, you know, it was fun. It was it was definitely way out there, but like in the end, like it was just amusing. Yeah, I mean, it's not just I mean, about how... terrible cartoons. It's about like just flat out head scratches, whether they're good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did they get their powers? You know, where, where did they get from here A to B? You know, like, how, why the Globetrotters specifically? Like, you know, like that was a lot of fun to talk about. This this was just eye torture. Oh, I think I got it. You know, they never actually say the long term ramifications of the Soul Glow and coming to America. What if it gives you superpowers? Oh, damn. <laughs> Wow, look at this conspiracy theory. <laughs> That's why he took it off the market. The government can't have us have special powers. <laughs> all right, all right. I think uh, that about wraps up this episode. Right. We are on Facebook under uh, Back in Tunes. Uh, you can find uh, this, uh, the special editions where we discuss our favorite cartoon lineups, which thankfully you guys sat in for a few episodes back in November to fill in for us, and our regular episodes. Uh, just hit us up with whatever things you want us to discuss, what you think of the show, and uh, thank you everybody for the support. Please and thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>